Okay, I just want to talk briefly uh, uh, tonight about temptation because we're working our, on these prayer evenings, working our way through the uh, Lord's Prayer. And uh, we're on that part where it says, lead us not into temptation, which is interesting, uh, which you'll see why I think that uh, as we go through it. But this is uh, the words of Jesus when his disciples, they must have seen him pray, uh, obviously, and um, he, he must have been dynamic in prayer because they said to him, well, teach us, teach us how to pray. And this is what he said. Uh, he said to them, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then in some later manuscripts, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that is the, that is the traditional uh, translation. Uh, the New Living Bible, uh, sorry, uh, New Living, uh, yeah, New Living Bible, sorry, uh, says, don't let us yield to temptation. Don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this part of the Lord's Prayer concerns our battle as a Christian uh, against evil. Firstly, uh, the prayer is asking God that we might win our spiritual battles, and in this case, temptation. We know we all get tempted in various different ways, and we know who's behind it. Uh, but it's interesting we say, lead us not into temptation when we're praying to God. Uh, second, it asks protection from our enemy. And who's the enemy? Well, he's the devil. And uh, he will try and thwart us. He, he wants to come against the church. He won't. Uh, Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not come against it. But they, don't, they, they try he tries and he uses people and sometimes he, he can, he can uh, knock us off our journey and our mission, uh, but we're not to, we need to stand against that. He's behind the temptation, not God, but we'll come back to it. Temptation for the Christian, uh, we need to take it seriously. Um, uh, and society puts a bit of a glib um, uh, slant to temptation, uh, almost mocks it, makes it funny. Uh, if you look at the media, it could be that maybe it's like, oh, I was tempted to buy that Cadbury's dairy milk, as if that's the biggest sin on this earth. Or um, I'm tempted uh, to buy in things. But it's more serious than that. It's, it's, it's a spiritual, or it can be a spiritual attack. More serious, and it comes uh, from the evil one. It could be, even, and, and I'm sure Ian, with his prison ministry, has come across this, it could be uh, that somebody who normally would be a perfectly good person, has a bit of road rage and they get out of the car and hit somebody and now they're in prison for a moment of madness, which they would never normally do. And you often hear these, these people talk about it in the newspaper, I don't know, I don't know what came over me um, because I'm not normally a violent person, uh, unless, of course, you're Ian's gypsy friend who goes to funerals to start fight, fights. But, but generally, people are good, we think, um, but in a moment of madness... Uh, they do something that is totally out of character and they lose control. Who's behind that? It's not God, is it? Or maybe it's an affair. Maybe it's an affair. We can trivialise it. Well, no one will know, uh, so I can get on with that. No one will really know. And the lies come in your head. But, of course, we know that damages uh, lots of people. There's loads of different things I could talk about. And when you speak to people, when they do that sort of thing, especially Christians, there's a favourite saying they come out with. And you might have heard this. They say, yeah, well, I fell into sin. I fell into it. And, and I have to stop myself, so I don't be too condemning. I said, why? Who pushed you? You didn't fall into it, you jumped. You made a decision, and you acted, whether it's violence, affair, whatever it is, you make a decision. We don't fall into sin, 
uh, we make a decision and we, we jump. And as for the meaning of the word devil, uh, society mocks that as well, or evil. Uh, there's a lot of confusion about it, isn't there? And again, uh, society might want to trivialise it, which is a good ploy, actually. Uh, good ploy, the devil. Either uh, get, him, get, him, get, get Christians or other people to think he's just a fairy tale, not a very nice one, like the opposite of Father Christmas, but he doesn't really exist. Or even maybe the other extreme is to get you thinking he's behind you know, every little thing that goes on, whether the washing machine broke or has been attacked. Uh, two extremes that he must love. Um, but there's a lot of ignorance around this kind of cartoon figure image that uh, a lot of people that don't know better would say. Maybe he's that man with red horns uh, that you get the image of with the arch, with the artwork that goes on, the pitchfork and towel. Lots of ignorance. Even indifference. People dabbling in the occult because they want to find out if his power is real or not. And then uh, they find out too late that there is power in that. And then they come to someone like me and we have to deal with it and it's not pleasant. Um, and even Christians, we need to be aware of uh, the temptation, who's behind it, uh, when it comes to fighting our own spiritual battles. Uh, you know, the enemy is around, and he prowls around. He's looking for someone to devour. He's prowling like a roaring lion, the Bible says. So, with all these things in mind, let's, uh, I'm just going to look briefly um, at temptation. A newly married sailor was informed by the Navy that he was going to be stationed for a year, a long way from home, on a remote island in the Pacific. That's good for a newly married man, isn't it? Not great for the marriage. A few days after he got there, he really began to miss his new wife, so he wrote her a letter. My love, he wrote, we are going to be apart for a very long time. Already I'm starting to miss you. So far, so good. And there's not much to do here in the evenings. She's probably thinking he's going to really miss me. Besides that, we're constantly surrounded by young, attractive native girls. Ooh. Do you think if I had a hobby of some kind, I would not be tempted? So his wife sent him back a harmonica. You know, harmonica, mouth organ. Why don't you learn to play this? Eventually, his tour of duty came to an end and he rushed back to his wife. He said, darling, I've missed you so much. I can't wait to see you for a cuddle. And she kissed him and she said, let me hear you play that harmonica. People get found out. We get lied to that actually we can go down certain roads and it won't really matter, but it does. Uh, but it's important. This traditional version of, um, of lead us not into temptation can confuse us. And, is, and I want to talk about temptation and testing. It seems like the tempting, because this prayer is to God, right? This is to God the Father, our Father in heaven. Lead us not into temptation. Does that mean God tempts me or tempts you? Well, we know he doesn't. God doesn't tempt us. Lead us. But why do we pray then? Lead us. Don't lead me into temptation. We know from James 1. And remember, no one who wants to do wrong should ever say, God is tempting me. And in my ministry, I've heard so many times people say, it must be right because it felt so right. You know, and, and it must, so that must be of God. And it could be marriage breakups, finance, relationships. And they'll go against the, the word of God because they say, well, it felt right. But no, God doesn't tempt us. He doesn't tempt us to sin. So why are we praying this prayer? The word translated temptation that's used there can also mean testing. And now we've got this duality of temptation and testing. So temptation, if you think about it, is a negative word, isn't it? Testing is a positive word. The goal of a test is good. My son is taking driving lessons. Believe me, you want him to be good enough that he passes his test. If he doesn't pass his test, you don't want him on the road. Um, We want things in place that test people. Uh, Quality control in a factory. You know, you you look at, you look at, you've seen the food labels recently? 
They really couldn't. You've seen that? You know, you get a bottle of milk, warning, this contains milk. Or, you know, you get some things like that around. It's incredible. But there's warnings. But you have these quality controls in a factory. And we want that. So we want testing for various things. And we know that God won't cause us to sin. But we do know that God can and does test us. So you can read the book of Job and see that how the enemy has kind of got his ploy against him. And God allows it to happen. And God tests. But God doesn't lead him into sin. We know that God will not cause us to sin, but we do know that God can and does test us. Genesis 22 verse 1, God tests Abraham over Isaac. It was a test. Um, Deuteronomy 8 verse 2, the Israelites are in wilderness, it says, uh, to, to humble you and to test you to see if you would keep my commands. So he was in a situation, he wanted to see, God was testing them, see if they would follow him. We know that they had a bit of a roller coaster ride. So it's not that, um, uh, so he knows how we're doing, he knows that already, but he does show us, uh, and others, uh, a time of testing. It's for our benefit. Often um, I come across people where uh, they've been through a really difficult time, and they say, I felt really tested, but I really grew, and I really became closer to God, and it was really tough, but it was good. The context is here is God enlarging our faith by stretching it sometimes. Our relationship with him can grow and mature. And as I say, it's common for me to hear from people who've been through a tough time. That might be you tonight. You might be going through a really tough time. And I've got an illustration I'm going to end with in a second uh, where uh, you can see the duality in being led in temptation but then God testing us in that temptation. It's a question of a perspective. Temptation and testing, two ways of describing the same thing. So here's my example. Uh, Julie, who I've made up, uh, has an argumentative ageing mother who's coming to stay with her for two weeks. She needs to talk some things through with her, uh, with her mum, uh, but uh, faces a, a challenge of staying calm. So her mum's quite antagonistic. And uh, she doesn't want a blazing row and upset the relationship. Now, from God's perspective, you could say the two weeks are a test for Julie so that through it, her faith would be strengthened and matured. You could see that if it all goes well, she could say, I really learned a lot about being patient with my mum when she came to stay. And it was only the power, presence and peace of the Holy Spirit that enabled me to get through it and to bat away those comments. From the devil's perspective, things are different. It's not a question of testing, but of tempting. If he can get Julie to snap at her mum, and have a massive row, then he wins a victory. So therefore, what Julie has is this situation, and she faces it, of both a test and a temptation. If she manages to love her mum through a difficult fortnight, then she can look back on it as a test that she passed, and one in which her faith grew. If, on the other hand, she she succumbs to what the devil would like her to do, and she gives in to anger and bitterness... She'll look back on it as a temptation that she gave into. You see the difference? One, God can test us, but he doesn't tempt us. The devil is the tempter. So when we pray about temptation or testing, what are we praying? As I say, the New Living Translation, I think, captures it really well. Don't let us yield. Don't let us yield to temptation. And we know that as we pray that prayer, we're in line with Christ, because he is the one who never did. And we know we're not perfect, and we know we need the cross, And when you do um, succumb, we ask for forgiveness and you pick yourself up, dust yourself off. It's been paid for, but we're constantly praying this prayer, help me not yield to these temptations. Um, 
the enemy like makes the temptation seem attractive. Do you notice that? Whatever you're thinking about is your temptations now. Um, but the same, the same, and he always makes it look good, and it's going to be okay. Go on, just, just go for it. But I was told once, there's always free cheese in a mouse trap. You know, the mouse, he looks at the cheese, and he goes, oh, I don't know, you know. But when he gets there, he finds it's just a trap, and it ensnares, and it kills. We can't avoid challenging and tempting times, but we should pray that when they do come, to, to, uh, do come we pass the test rather than fall for the temptation. A Native American elder once described his own inner struggles in this manner. He said, inside of me there are two dogs. One of the dogs is mean and evil, and the other dog is good. The mean dog fights the good dog all the time. And Paul talks about this battle that goes on in his mind, doesn't he? And, and this elder, when asked which dog wins, he reflected for a moment, he replied, he replied the one I feed the most. Bible says, James 4 verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So when you get those uh, situations that you may find yourself in, recognise that the enemy is, has got some power. He's not all powerful, uh, but he does have some power. And we're to resist him. And it's a decision. You don't fall into it. You choose. Um, when uh, the prayer goes on, and deliver us from evil. It's, you know, lead us not into temptation. Don't let the devil lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And if you look at the world and what's going on around the world, you can see he is at work. That shouldn't surprise us. He's a powerful enemy. Three times Jesus says in John's Gospel, he's the prince of this world. Paul in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this evil world. We know he's, he's up to stuff. He's a malicious enemy. He's a powerful enemy. He's a malicious enemy. Jesus says in John 8 44, he was a murderer from the beginning. That's all he wants to do comes to kill and destroy. He's a ruthless enemy. Watch out for, uh, for his attacks. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's a deceitful enemy. Uh, Jesus says again, he's a father of lies. He's a crafty enemy. Um, disguises himself, 1 Corinthians 11 says, as an angel of light. But he has limited power. God is all-powerful. He hasn't got the victory. He's been defeated, which is a bit of a mopping-up campaign. And he is doomed. And what he wants is for you to be doomed as well and lead you down all sorts of paths uh, that take you away from God. But you don't want to be led in temptation. You might be tested in it, uh, but you'll be delivered from the evil one if we stay close to God. Um, Whatever that is for you, the second lustful look, the extra drinks that you're going to have, or the negative self-image that means you do things to yourself than a lot of God. The drugs, they won't hurt me really, will they? Um, the wrong food. I, I read something recently, um, let food be your medicine, or medicine will be your food. I quite like that. Even though I go to McDonald's. Um, laziness. You know, it's okay to sit around and do nothing all day. It's, none of it's good for us. It's not from God. It's from him. Don't yield to it. Don't yield to it. It's not just temptation. It's a testing as well. God will test us. Uh, but thank God... Uh, that through Jesus we are clothed in his righteousness and we can look at temptation right in the face and say, well, don't let me yield to that. Don't let me yield to that. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We're going to sing a song in a second. King of kings, majesty, God of heaven living in me. So he lives in you. Now, the Bible says when we ask Jesus to come into our lives, he will come. Um, 
Jesus had that image in Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, he invites me, I will come and eat with them. To eat with someone is a very intimate thing to do in those times. So, uh, and when Jesus asked, where is the kingdom of heaven? He said, it's within you. It's within us. And we're going to see the God of heaven living in me. So when those times come, and they will, and they do, uh, then resist. And remember that we have the Spirit of God who will enable you in all power to resist. And when we resist, the enemy flees from us. So don't yield. Don't yield. When you do, don't be condemned. Uh, Pick yourself up, ask for forgiveness and start again. Don't give up.